back to Turf Talk. It's the second day of the Cheltenham Festival. The Queen Mother Champion chased the highlight, very possibly the highlight of the entire festival as well. As per usual, I'm joined by James Watson. How are we, mate? Doing really well. Um, arguably my most enjoyable day of the festival, I think, this year. The most horses that I like the most chances of. And hopefully uh, we can be a little bit more confident than Lewis was in the Supreme last uh, on yesterday's episode. We're also joined as well by, well, I'd, I'd say veteran, but he might not even be a veteran. It's not Jake Humphrey who invented the podcast. I'm pretty sure it were Adam Webb. How are you, mate? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. <laughs> can we get um, him in a veterans, that veterans race at Sandown? Is that I'm possible? Old, well, probably well, more than old enough for it. So yeah. <laughs> Although I might struggle when I get to the first fence and see what happens there. <laughs> As we said, boys, it's the Wednesday of Cheltenham. Uh, top, top, top card, including three grade ones, starting with the Ballymore Novices Hurdle at half past one. The market for this is a, is a mess at the minute, isn't it? We're recording on, on Monday evening, Monday the 7th. The market's a mess. So Gerhard's eleven to eight, best price. Dice at Dynamo's nine to four. Constitution Hill is five to two. All three of them may not turn up. Two of them probably definitely won't. So is it possible we end up with an odds on five here? Ginto's nine to two. <laughs> I'm not going to mention John Bond's price because he's not going to he's not going to rock up. Journey with me sixes. Stage star sevens. Minella Kakuna nines. Tens walking on air also a likely absentee. And twelve to one, but then I mean, just from those prices, Jim, Messi even a week in advance. Do you have any strong opinion? Is it possible to have a strong opinion? It's it's very difficult going at the minute. Um, you've mentioned already who might not and might might run. Uh, the only horse that is of a little bit of interest for me, and I know it will be for a few others, is Manella Kakuna. Uh, if they decide to step back down in trip. Uh, won the Nathaniel Lacey's last time beating Manella Crooner, who's well fancied for the Albert Bartlett. Um, dictated the pace under Danny Mullins and uh, nothing really got to him. Kicked for, kicked for home coming round the bend and uh, showed an impressive turn of foot. I was really impressed with that. I think this is going to be the plan over the Albert Bartlett. Um, his form previous w- w- was good enough. Nothing special in behind, but got the job done nicely. Um, slowly progressing. And I think he's one of the possible only runners that, that will be running. Um, there's still a, about nine to one around about him. Each way, I think, offers a lot more value than a few others than what he'll be on the day. Because you give giving Sagar Hard, Dice Art Dynamo, one of them uh, from the Mullins stable will probably be taken out. Um, I don't think the Nicky Henderson duo will run. I aren't a massive fan of Jinto, um, I, I, especially at this trip. I know... Uh, he won the Lawlers of Nace over 2-4 last time, but I, it felt like the longest running I've ever seen. Uh, just never looked like accelerating away from the field, and he just kept plodding on, and, uh, and he was a bit relentless in the end. And uh, If I was connections, I'd step him up in trip for the Albert Bartlett um, rather than go here. So at 9-2, to two, I think he offers horrendous value, uh, if I'm being honest. Um Manella Kakuna, I think, is is one of the more likely runners, and and at the prices, he's certainly of interest. Um, Ian Maximus is a horse who 
we'll probably mention a bit later on in in a handicap. But if he he is to turn up here, I think he could be interesting as well. He has the entry in the Coral Cup. Uh, won nicely at Newbury after a, a decent uh, start over hurdles behind JPR1. Second to Hillcrest at Cheltenham. And I think that the, if they go here, I wouldn't be surprised. But a, a mark of one three four, I think, could be interesting in the Coral Cup. But we'll we'll touch on him later. And of course, I, I'd have to give a mention to to Scarface, who ran a decent race last time out behind Sky Tastic, um, improving with every run, and and he could offer a little bit of value at a bigger price. But for me, the the, the main the main horse for me is Manella Kakuna. I like that, Jim. I'm a big Manila Kakuna fan as well myself. I mean, Adam, looking towards the top of the market, first of all, who do you think turns up? Ooh. And who would you be with? Okay. Now, of the front two in the market, I would prefer to see Dysart Dynamo come here rather than the Supreme. And vice versa, Sir Gerhard would rather him a Supreme, but the inevitability for me is that Sir Gerhard will run here and Dysart Dynamo will run in the other race. I've never been able to get William Mullins right when it comes to trying to get targets spot on. My reasoning for Dysart Dynamo coming here is a very hot-headed horse, and I just think the Supreme has to, it, it's got the potential to blow his brains. And I know there's a few people that have heard that concern, and I'd be in that camp. I personally come here where there's less of an atmosphere. I know it's a longer trip, but I can see the race panning out where you can drop him in. I wouldn't want to go make the running with him. Manella Kakuna, he could potentially be used to that effect as a not as a pacemaker, say, because he's a natural front runner. He would just go on and do his own thing. And just touching on him briefly, I'd be hugely respectful of him. I thought his jumping at the Dublin Racing Festival was amazing. He, the way he quickened away from hurdles is such a strong attribute for this race. Um, if oh, He's obviously going to turn up. Oh, I wouldn't say obviously turn up here, but I prefer him in this to the Albert Bartlett, where you can go and use your speed here. And the horse that he beat in the, at the Dublin Racing Festival, Manella Crooner, I really, really like for the Albert Bartlett. So I hope Kakuna runs here. Of the front pair, if... if if Dysart Dynamo comes here, I do think he'd be the likely winner. But in saying that, one thing I did think about with this horse is that I wondered whether this is the kind of horse that a certain Ruby Walsh would have been seen to best effect on. He reminds me of York Hill in a way, in the sense that he's got that keenness about him and you wonder if he will settle down eventually. With York Hill, he got worse and worse. And it's just in the back of my mind with this horse that he could pull for two and a half miles round here in this, win it, and then you're thinking next year, I'll go over fences and he'll settle down. And I've just got that wariness about him going forward. For all that, I think he's a very talented horse. If Sagerhard, if, if the horses are split and it's, I've got it wrong, I think Sagerhard would still win this race. For all that, I think two miles would probably be his trip. I just think he's good enough to get away with it. Um, I am one of the lucky people who has a, a one in four thousand sharing stage star. Yay! So I can say, so you can say that you've got a Grade One winning owner on the pod. <laughs> no, I think that tongue in cheek, by the way. He's a lovely horse, and I'm looking forward to seeing him run. But I do think he may have his work cut out slightly against the Irish Battalion coming over. Um, 
I must stress at time of recording, he's still not a guaranteed runner. We, I mean, we get e- weekly updates via an email from the owners group. And the last I read was last Tuesday where it said he had a strong gallop to do and then a decision would be made. So I assume it'll be made in the next two, de- next day or two. Um, because he could still go to Aintree. Um, I mean, he could do both, but it, we'll, we'll see with him. Um, of the rest, I don't know about Journey with me. I mean, I know he's unbeaten over hurdles and the form of his first win looks particularly strong with Manila Crooner and Kill Crut. The Nace race was a bit of a farce because they went no gallop. And in a, no- in a normal year, if he'd have had another run or two, I'd be championing towards the Albert Bartlett. I, I'm not sure. Be, I mean, people are wanting to try and make the Bob Ollinger comparisons, and there's, there's no real comparison for me. Bob Ollinger's a speed horse who is very quick, and Journey with Me looks a three mile plus staying chaser. I mean, obviously, in the past, staying chasers have gone and won this race, but you need to be, if you're going to be a staying chaser, you need to be fairly exceptional, I'd say, to be winning this. Um, I can't split the front two, if I'll be honest with you, and it sounds very boring, very unoriginal. I hope Dysart Dynamo runs in this, as I think he would win, and I think he'd win this well. But conversely, if Sagoha turns up, he's your most likely winner. <laughs> I'd, I'd agree with that, in the sense that, look, I, 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 I'm the opposite to Adam. I prefer Dysart Dynamo just to be able to go stride along and just blitz him. Really, with pace, Sagar had his quick, but I think he's kind of got more gears mm. than Dice at Dynamo at the minute. So I could, I could see a Ballymore suiting him better, especially with you know a, a sloppy round of jumping that he produced last time. That 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 would worry me in the Supreme. It wouldn't worry me as much here, where the hurdles won't come up quite as fast. He won't have as pace your opposition. You know, I don't mind if he loses half a length at a hurdle against Jinto. She'll still be quicker than him at the end of it. Mm. Whereas it, it does worry me if he loses half a length, you know, six, seven times in a race against Constitution Hill or John Bond. Yeah, yeah, I get that. The only thing with Dice at Dynamo is that I wouldn't want to, if he did run in the Supreme, I wouldn't want them to tear off in front with him because I could see it being like a Getter Bird situation rather than a Votor or a classical dream. You want that controlled aggression from a Willie Mullins front runner in a Supreme, which you could get from Kill Crook but I wouldn't see it from Dysart Dynamo. And I'd rather them hold on to him rather than try and go out and make all. That's if he did go down that route. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. Fusion Hill won't come here, nor will John Bond. Uh, so, Jinto, Adam, what do you make of him? He's I think a, he's a bit slow. He's a stayer. And... He's only going to come here so Gordon Elliott can split his horses up, basically, because he hasn't really got a, a number one Ballymore contender. Um, he's got Manila Crooner for the Albert Bartlett. Hollow Games could go for the Albert Bartlett. I thought I thought the Martin Pipe entry was interesting for him. He could even rock up in that. Not 100% where he's going to go, but I think he'll run later in the week. He won't go here. Mighty Potter's in the Supreme... And three stripe light, there was a bit of money for him for this race. Um, I mean, he could be interesting if he rocked up in this. But at the end of the day, we're still guessing at where half his horses are going to run it. It's, it, it. I just find it funny how we're a week away from the biggest festival of the year, and you still don't know where half of these horses are going to run. It, yeah, it's 
it is a bit of a nightmare there. It is a bit of a nightmare. Jim, your opinion on Jinto? Um, I, I, I think a lot's been said already. I, I, I just think he's quite slow. Um, I'd probably aim him for the Albert Bartlett, but he's got Manila Crooner, uh, Crooner, who's possibly a better horse than him. And I know that he won that grade one last time, but um, I, I just don't think he's that good. I think he was a, a weak grade one, if I'm being honest. And he's not a horse that's captured my imagination a lot so far. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. And journey with me, mate? Journey with me is another one that hasn't really captured my imagination. I know, obviously, getting the better of Manila Crooner and Kill Crook, you'd think that um, that was very impressive to be doing that on, on your hurdles debut. Um, I, I thought he was workmanlike and his jumping was a little bit sloppy last time at Nace. Um, the form of that, I don't think he's anything special, but uh, he got the job done and he'll need to improve once again. I, I just don't think he's as good as what possibly Rob Core think he is and I think Adam mentioned it they, they wanted to sort of turn him into a bit of a Bob Ollinger and I just don't think he's he's hit that potential just yet Yeah mate I, I think that's a fair enough assessment I've been re- really impressed with him the first day but he was only workman like last time and I, I, his price is short enough for me at the minute I'm with you mate I'm a Minella Kakuna fan uh, thought he jumped very well when he won the Nathaniel Lacey last time out. Uh, quite slick. Obviously, he'll be slightly down in trip here. But I, I think that was a strong race, like Adam, and you'll hear this on the on the Friday preview. I am a massive Minella Kruner fan. He's close enough to the Napa the Festival for me. Uh, so, you know, he, he did him... Well, jumping one in the day there, he, he, put, he put up a better round of jumping than a horse. I, I think he's pretty smart and looked quicker than him. I think that's probably a, at least as strong a piece of form than the Lawlers of Nace. And, you know, Minella Cocoon is what? Double the, double the price. Like, he beat, he beat Hollow Games practically as far as, as Jinto did. I think the disparity is too big, especially when I think Minella Kuna looks the quicker of the pair. Uh, at this stage, granted, he's also got a battle entry, but Mullins has always kind of said Ballymore, plan A. He's one of the ones that he actually has tried to set in stone with. Uh, I think he's the one of most interest at the minute. And given that, there is, there's a strong possibility that, well, four of the top five in the current, well, non-runner, no-bet betting, aren't going to turn up. Uh, he already makes each way appeal. He'd probably make win appeal on the day as well. Yeah, fair, fair point. Anything else from you in this race that you'd like to touch upon? No, that, that's mostly everything from me. I, I, I think I've I run through my, my, my main fancies. And Adam? Um, just on Iron Maximus, if he's going to run, it's be, it'll be here. Um, Nicky Henderson on his um, open day was asked about handicaps. And he says, no, this horse is better than a handicapper. And I enjoyed the JPR one plug, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, I, to be fair, he's a lovely looking horse. I saw him at Newbury. He's, he's just, I just think the occasion got to him that day. I wouldn't give up on him. Yeah, they went a, a fast enough tempo up front, and I think that didn't necessarily of, help him. Was um, a bit of a culture shock. 
Yeah, possibly the big field probably come a bit soon to him, but uh, I think he might be going for Supreme rather than the Ballymore. Yeah, that makes sense. He's a he's a good looking horse though. I'd be I was he'll very taken by nice him. Make a nice chaser next year. Yeah, week. he will definitely. I, just, I in the bet uh, in the bet for hurdle, he was the pick of the paddock. He just looks a bit weak behind. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd I'd be keen on him going forward. Interesting stuff, lad. Good shouts from me, Ella Kakuna Then, from two of us going on to the uh, Brown Advisory Novices Chase, the Broadway in old terms. Currently, bet Galapande Champ five to six may go for the Turners. Bob Ollinger six to four definitely goes for the Turners. Brave Man's Game is twos. Long Presse fifty fifty on which race he turns up in apparently is fives. Same price at Hoyson, your sevens Capadano. 12s, Fury Road, Jungle Boogie, and the possibly National Hunt Chase bound Statler. 14 to 1, bar them, including Dusart, 3 under Foo 5, and Gaillard du Menil. I'll come to you first here, Adam. Again, it's. I feel like we're playing a lot of Willie Mullins bingo today. Surprisingly, surprise, quite a surprising amount, considering I thought last year was quite quite straightforward, but. It's it's back to back to traditional guessing games at this stage, but mm. Galapanda Champ, first of all, would you run him here? And second of all, if he turns up, is he the one to beat? Where would I run him? Ooh. I'd run him in the Turners. But that said, if he turns up here, I think he wins. His chase debut was stunning. And it was one of them races where he jumped the first and you thought, right, he's a chaser. And the more he went ra- on the round, you're thinking, when's he going to make a mistake? When's he going to put a foot wrong? And he just didn't. He was sensational. Then at the Dublin Racing Festival, obviously, the races run at a faster tempo. And he made a semblance of an error. But what I loved was the way he learnt from it. And in terms of Willie Mullins' chases, throughout the years, I always sort of pinhook them as, at times, with Willie and chases, he's... The way that horses jump at times are not particularly the best. I always associate Mullins as a trainer who wants to get the best out of them in terms of peak fitness. And jumping can be held back at times. I seem to recall when Duvan went to the champion chase a few years back, he hadn't schooled. And unfortunately for him, it paid in the end because obviously because he hadn't schooled for 12 months, he ended up falling at the top of the hill. And I've seen it from time to time with certain horses. Whereas with Gallop and the Champ, because he's got such a lovely technique about jumping, I'm not bothered about where he goes. Personally, I'd run him in the turners just because you can use that aggression against Bob Ollinger, who hasn't looked the most sure-footed at times, and that would be my angle there. But if he turned up here, as much as I love Braidman's game and I love a Hoy Senor, I, I can't see them beating him. Fair enough, mate, fair enough. I'm, I don't know, I'm not sure I'd be quite as... As confident, I'm, uh, Gallop and the Chump, as brilliant as he has been, might be one of the favourites I'd look to have a have a bit of a go at into just in terms of the how good I think Brayman's game and the high senior are myself. Jim, same question to you. I mean, would you worry me yourself? And if he turns up, are you with him? Um, financially, I'd rather him run here, um, <laughs> I, I, but. I think the most logical would be to take on Bob Ollinger in the in the Turners. Um, I think Brayman's game and Ahoy Senor, we saw them um, earlier on in the season take each other on, and, and and we know where we stand with them. Uh, of course, he 
his performance first time out was very, very good. It's interesting that Adam liked the fact on his second start that he made an, a, a slight error and he learnt on it. Um, I, I think the other two are, are slightly more experienced, which could find him out a little bit in this. And in going to the turners, we'll talk about it on 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 the next preview pod. But of course, Bob Ollinger isn't as experienced as possibly Brayman's game in a high senior. So I'd, I'd, that that'd be my main reasoning to send him that way. Um, but Gallop and Deschamps, no matter what he goes in, he, he's going to obviously go very well. Yeah, look, he's, he's been brilliant. You can't you can't slate anything he's done so far, and I'm not. I'm not against the horse in general, but like you say, I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not convinced he's he's the the better of the festival really, and I don't I don't think he's I've been as impressed by Braveman's game on a horse and yacht, and it's 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 a price thing for me at the minute. Where look, if he wins, he's he's brilliant and he's a cracking Gold Cup contender next year. He probably is one anyway, even if he gets beat. But when there are when there are formidable opposition against an odds on shot, God, I choked. Then I don't know why. That's probably Mullin sending the curse on me. <laughs> slating his arse. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to finish the end of my sentence without without coughing. I thought it's not going to happen. Christ. Uh, but yeah, look, yeah, Brain Man's game is has been brilliant this season, an exceptionally good jumper, throwing at the deep end, you know, beat beat experienced horses at Newton Abbott. Flawless so far. People I know some people kinda of question whether he got got up the hill last season. Not an issue for me. Thought he produced his best performance of the year at Aintree over three miles after. He he's a three miler physically. We already know he stays an easy free. I think with another year on his back against more staying types rather than the pacey, paceier Bob Ollinger, uh, trip won't be a problem for me. Hoyson Yaw, a horse that I absolutely adore. Backed him for the race before the Coto start with the theory that, well, he'll win this and then he'll end up odds on. Uh, in March, that was before he got beat and before Gallop and Deschamps made his chasing debut. So, <laughs> anti-post betting there, LT. Uh, look, I still think he's got a cracking chance. It's the same price as I backed him at. So, we've not had an absolute stinker. Uh, I think I think he'll be able to get into more of a rhythm around Cheltenham as well. Than he did I, I, think, I think a high senior will, will reverse the placings with Brave Man's game. And, and I agree with you, Lee. I can see it completely. I think he got outspeeded. And that kind of put him on the back foot because he got outspeeded by a horse who was who is quicker and was a more accurate jumper on the day. And that, to me, just kind of already always had him chasing his tail. Uh, he actually jumped really well at Weatherby last time. So, other, than, other than the second last where he, he just landed a little bit awkwardly. But that's my only issue. Yeah, it, it, it was much improved from Kempton though, and probably from yeah. uh, Newbury as well, which is one of the best, one of the most impressive novice chasing performances I've seen in a long time. I know he only beat Yaks, but still, uh, you know, I think it's very possible we've got three 170 plus chasers there. Yeah, I I, I agree. I've not seen a novice jump as well as Brayman's game. The the way he 
wings, fences and and gets over them so economically uh, is, is something that's going to be a serious asset here. A high senior, a lot more unfurnished, but uh, obviously learning with each start. And, and I think... I think Derek Fox could have made more of him at Kempton, if I'm being honest. I rewatched that race back again the other day, and I thought he could have had Braveman's game under pressure a little bit early out, knowing that possibly a high senior will more than likely be a stronger stayer uh, of, uh, than Braveman's game, because um, he just looks like an out-and-out galloper, a high senior. And if he got in a little bit of a better rhythm and have made more use of him, I, I think that. Uh, a high senior might have beaten Braveman's game on, on another day, but obviously Kempton a lot more up to Braveman's game's uh, setting. Uh, a nice speed track who, that can uh, sit behind the, the leaders and then accelerate, and, and that's what he enjoyed a little bit more. Um, I, so here, I think a high senior round Cheltenham galloping, uh, galloping track, and, and possibly improved jumping from two starts ago. I think he could be dangerous if, if let alone in the lead, because it'd be interesting to see what they do with Gallop under Champs, because, of course, we've seen him uh, over two mile five dominate races. Uh, when he won his grade one over three miles, he settled behind the pace and uh, wasn't made as much use. So it'd be interesting to see what Gallop under Champs would be like if he was to, to be given a lead and if his jumping was as efficient as what it is when he's uh, dictating out in front. Uh, and for me, I think a high senior is a bet at five to one. Uh, the, I can't believe there's that much disparity in him and Braveman's game, if I'm being honest, because Kempton wasn't ever going to be a high senior's favourite track, especially on better ground with a bit of rain underfoot. I think a high senior will close that gap quite a bit, quite considerably. Um, Braveman's game was was very good at, at Newbury last time, beating Pat Spancy, who, who I like the, the chances of in the national chase. Um, his jumping was is, is his key asset, and 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 that will take him a long, long way. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a cracking race. Should the three of them come for what it's worth, I'd run Galapande Champ here. Uh, again, maybe clouded by financial investment on Bob Ollinger, but look, he's going to be a Gold Cup horse next season, isn't he? He's taking a very similar route to Monkfish. That. Kind of early. Look, he is quick as well, but so is Brayman's game. I don't think it's a. I don't think this will be a particularly attritional running of the Broadway. You, you know how it's kind of got a reputation for bottoming horses because it has been won by some some real sloggers in recent years. But I, I don't think it was that sort of race last season. You know, and I, I kind of think that the class of the first two, especially Brayman's game and Gallop and Deschamps. You know, a horse who will be capable of achieving high-class form over two and a half miles, it's not, to me, going to be the sort of race that, you you know, your elegant escapes of the world who ran ran well in an RSA a few years ago would, you know, would be competing in in, in this season. You know, I think it's going to be, a, you know, a, quite a fair three-mile three mile chase, if I'm honest. Uh, long press, eh, Adam? Massively ah. impressive this season. Hmm. Two and a half or three? It depends on ground, we've said. If it comes up quick or quickish, they'll run over three. But the weather forecast suggests that Bay One's going to start on soft ground and there's a bit of rain in the forecast. I think he'll go two and a half. 
But he has been very impressive. He's he's really quick over his fences. Again, running him in the turners where you can use that jumping to best effect, again, against Bob Ollinger, you can be taking lengths, half lengths out of him at each fence. Similar to what I believe Gallop and the Shunt would do over two and a half. But conversely, running him in this... I'm trying to envisage in this race how you'd ride Galapanda Champ because you've got a Hoy Senor who's definitely going to go out there and try and make it a test. Brave Man's game won't be far away. But the thing with Galapanda Champ, if you try and drop him in, I think his jumping is still taking prominence. So I get the feeling that those at the top of the market, it will literally be cat and mouse. One, a Hoy Senor in front, Brave Man game tracks, Galapan a little bit wider. And then you've also got others. I mean, Capadano, I think, should run here. And I wouldn't discount him of running a big race. I know we unseated last time, but horses in this race have, have fallen or unseated earlier in the year. It, it wouldn't put me off because I think he'll learn from that. Going up in trip will help him. His best performance over hurdles was at the Punchestown Festival where he hacked up in a handicap hurdle. And he gave Bob Ollinger a fair fright for me at Punchestown. He had him off the bridle. I mean, I know Bob Ollinger eventually won comfortably, but it was that split second where you thought, is he in trouble here? Um, I would not discount him. On Ahoy Senor, what I think is interesting is I don't think he's the finished article yet. When I saw I saw him at Newbury earlier in the year, and the impression I got was that he's in 12 months, well, I say 12 months time, but when we get to next winter, I think that's when we're probably going to see the best of him. So what he's doing now with such little experience is really impressive. And for a yard like Lucinda Russell, he's just going to be the flagship horse for them for the next three or four years, hopefully. And you, you, you just hope that all three of these will stay, three stars will stay sound. Brave Man's Games campaign has been exceptional. I, I just love it when Paul Nichols is a really good horse. He doesn't care how to campaign them. He will just throw caution to the wind. And he ran him in a graduate. This is the confidence he had. He ran him in a graduation chase first time. And I remember seeing, I remember the entry being put in. I thought, all right, fair enough. Oh, you're actually going to run him? Oh, fair enough. And he jumped like a seasoned handicapper. Then he did the same at Haydock. He did the same at Kempton. And last time out, he ran him in a handicap off 159. And the two horses he beat are no mugs either. Pat's fancy is a fancy for the National Hunt chase. Grumpy Charlie, I can see being competitive in a handicap at the fest- if if you get soft ground. Uh, we'll ignore Galley Hill because he's the you know, son of getaway. Or, you know, not a good sign. Um... <laughs> um but if if Galapandachamp comes here, I think he might just have a bit too much speed for Brave Man's Game. I do have a slight doubt about Brave Man's Game getting up the hill, but it's not necessarily from what I saw in the Ballymore last year. In the Ballymore, God bless him, he was trying his heart out, and Bob Ollinger just went by him as if he was stood still. And Bob Ollinger, for me, has got all the pace. And I mean, he, I, if he were mine... After the first couple of goes of offences, I'd half had a thought about bringing him back to the champion hurdle, but you've got a stable mate there who's going to go and win the champion hurdle, supposedly, so that's why they're not. Um, is there anything else in the race? Oh, uh, Fury Road, no, not for me. I thought he threw the uh, the Drimmore away. He should have won that. And then, obviously, they stuck the cheap, pe- cheap piece on him when he won at Leopardstown. And then he was bitterly disappointed. You, you, I don't know what you're going to get from him. Dusart's got a lot to find. Um, and I think, I think I know what will win the Punchestown Novice Handicap Chase. I think Gayard de Manila is being lined up for that. 
And Willie Mullins isn't afraid to run a graded horse in it off top weight, like Ken Boy last year in Fulham. So if you want to tip the punches town, uh, get out them and you might just go and win that race. <laughs> we love a long-term plan, don't we? We, all, we love a long-term plan, and that makes a lot of sense. Jim, any of the others you'd like to mention? No, I, I think I think Adam's covered them sufficiently enough. I, I think the chances of a high senior... Uh, five to one still available in a few places is a price I will probably be taking in the next few days as each as an each way bet. Fair enough, mate. I can see that. Yeah, Capadano would have a chance each way chance, but probably needs to find a couple of pounds worth of improvement. Yeah. Smoothie Road is a grade grade two, grade three horse, probably close to a grade three horse, low to mid one fifties. Jungle Boogie, God knows where he's going to turn up. Uh, he could be absolutely anything, but I wouldn't be backing a horse for this sort of race on his fourth career start, as exciting as he may be. We'll move on then to the first handicap of the Wednesday. It is the Coral Cup. Absolute cavalry charge, and they currently bet for it 7-1. to one. Good risk at all. Eight's unexpected party. Nine's dropped the anchor and Stateman. Stateman is much shorter than that, though, in most books. In fact, he's favourite in most books, but you can get a best price of nines about him. Ten's a devil's coachman and St. Felician. Then you're looking at 12's Camprond. Chemical Energy, Good Time John 8, Winter Fog, 14 to 1, bar them. Jim, uh, I'll start here, mate. Good risk at all follows up. Yeah, I, I, I took a, a fair amount of slagging after saying that I thought uh, he'd have to be very, very good to win a mark of one two seven in that in that Ascot race. Um, well and truly mugged off. Um, of course, going into this, he's ten pound higher. Um, a, a nice, well-run handicap. It's probably something that he wants. He was held up towards the back of the field at Ascot last time and. Uh, patient tactics work well and, and this is what you can imagine Charlie Deutsch will probably be doing this time round um, sitting sitting behind oh, of course it's always a furious tempo uh, and uh, looking to emulate the same colours that won this race with William Henry and I, I, I think he's got a very good chance he's, he's got a favourites chance in, in this handicap uh, do I want to be taking 7-1 to one now probably not um, However, he has obviously got a very, very good chance. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Where would you, where would your, you be leaning then at this stage? My, my short list is 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 plenty full enough at the minute. Uh, but top of it is the Devil's Coachman. If he goes for this, he is entered in the in the uh, county hurdle as well. But I really like what he did in that Boyne hurdle, beating Ashdale Bob. He stayed on really strongly when stepping up to a two mile five for the first time, and a, and a really strongly run. Handicap is something that I think he he will really enjoy. He'd been chasing early on in, early on in the season behind Fernie Hollow and Saint Sam, but he's just never in love with, with with fences. He just couldn't get his feet right at any stage, and he did well to finish where he did in in, in most of them races. And he ran nice races in in novice hurdles last year, uh, beating some decent horses, and he was well behind Echoes in rain in a Grade Two novice hurdle, uh, but into a handicap here. Off a mark of one five one, you can understand the handicappers not missed him, but I think his quality in this race is, is something that I quite like to see in a horse. We've seen in in recent years before that uh, good quality horses have won this race. I mentioned William Henry, 
um, Super Sunday, uh, Whisper, uh, also in the in in similar colours, and uh, I I think that this is a race that's that could set up nicely for the Devils' coachman, and I think the step up in trip is something that he he enjoyed last time. Fair enough, mate. I can see that potentially still a well handicapped horse. Adam, this is easy to solve, isn't it? <laughs> oh well. When I when I recorded this day with you lads two years ago, I somehow got the winner, and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, in terms of trying to find a selection for this, I struggled because there are a, plef- a plethora of well handicapped horses. There are also horses in here that both strong form and may not be as well handicapped, but you can see running well. Good risk at all. He is still well handicapped for me, but I just have a sight that are at a really big field. His jumping will need to be on point. Now, he jumped better going over a longer trip at Ascot last time, and he was impressive. The bare form wouldn't amount to much, but it's more the styling which he did it. I've got no doubt that he could be £10 higher by the end of the year or next season if his stay over hurdles will even go chasing with him. I just wonder whether, at this stage of his career, this is the kind of race that seems to best affect. Uh, Drop the anchor was one that really interested me. It caught the eye massively at Leperstown last time in the race that he won last year. He caught the eye massively in the county hurdle. But I had a different idea for him at the start of the season. I half hoped that they thought, thought about putting him in a Potemps qualifier, because I think he'd stay three miles. And off that handicap mark, if you were going for the Potemps, I'd be really, really keen. The slight concern I've got is the old course at Cheltenham. If he loses his place at a crucial point, like he did in the county hurdle, maybe over this longer trip he won't, but it's just at the back of my mind. Uh, St. Felician, I think, could be a, a very nice graded horse over fences. I loved his win at Gorin, where he beat Slip of the Tongue, who I'd be interested in for the county hurdle. So if I'm interested in him for the county hurdle, then I have to be interested in St. Felician off 149 in the Coral. Um, I just, a lack of experience might just do for him, but I wouldn't be shocked if in 12 months' time we were talking about him as the best horse to come out of the race. Um, in terms of the selection, now I'm not sure if she's going to turn up here, but I'd be half interested in that handicap mark for Queensbrook. I thought she produced a career best behind Burning Victory last time. Now, I know they've got the option of the Mayor's Hurdle, which does look a winnable race. But I'd be half interested if they came here, because it's a similar route that they would have taken with Black Tears a few years ago. She was second to damn the company before going for the Mayor's Hurdle the following year and winning it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they went down that route. She's got form at the festival before. She was placing a champion bumper behind Fernie Hollow. I, I, I'd I be very interested in her if she turned up here, and I think 16 to 1 is a bit of value. So she'd be the, the tentative bet for me. If she doesn't run, I probably would end up signing with Drop the Anchor, despite the, the slight reservation about whether he might lose his place or not at a crucial point. Fair enough, mate. Yeah, Drop drop the Anchor has just been shaping like a horse who's been brought along with a festival in mind all year, aren't he? Looks very, very JP-ish. Drop £3 for Ascot as well. Lovely. <laughs> Beautiful. I'd be shocked if he didn't go well in whichever race he turns up in. I'd agree with that. But look, I'm I'm a big good risk at all fan. I think it's hard hard not to be after he did what he did last time out. I'd agree up, up £10. It could have been, what, 15 
that that'll probably be justified given the manner of victory. Beat a fair yard seeking Christopher Wood, who normally runs his race nowadays. The form of that Warwick second race, which he should have won, and you know I said he's probably the strongest class three you'll see all season. Being franked again today by Washington, going and winning, albeit a, a fairly Mickey Mouse contest at Suvel. Uh There's got to be so much ability in this horse, and it looked like the penny were dropping last time out. I think he goes well here and then probably wins a Mersey at entry as well uh, at the end shout. of the season. But there's, there's, there's nothing in Britain. Uh, I can't see much coming over from Ireland. I know Bally Adam came over, but it's not a race he traditionally send much over to. We don't have many. Does, does Sam Thomas not have the Mersey winner already? Not good risk at all, but Skytastic. Skytastic. Possibly. Possibly. It's a very, very fair shout, that. Uh but that, in my head, that's kind of the route I'd like to see him take. Uh, I still think he's look, he's a horse who could still be £10 ahead of his mark. We already know he probably should be competitive off 137. And I hope I hope the penny is, is there now. Not that it's dropping, it's that it's there now. I get what Adam means about a, a big field, because it is the first time he'll face for something like that properly. But he was better last time than he ever had been. And yeah, the the longer trip did really help out in the jumping department. So that that is the plus there, and that will give you confidence as they going forward. I mean, the day he was second to John Bon, oh dear. I mean, that was a fast of the race at the start. It stood there for a minute, and his jumping suffered because he didn't go quick enough. So maybe maybe I'm reading too much into the fact that there's a big field, but it's just at the back of my mind. No, mate, you're you're right to consider it. You're right to consider it in a. But I, I I I do I do really really like this horse. Of the festival handicap favourites, he's the one I like most. Most of them I want to be looking further down the further down the betting for, but I will be with good risk at all uh, in the Coral Cup. One or two others I'd give a mention to at each way prices. These aren't particularly uh, dark horses, I guess you could say. Twenty fives to me. He's of interest for good old Guard Your Dreams, who's been immensely solid this season. He's back down to 145, having competed in graded races pretty much the last five times. Won the international here uh, in December. Good form behind Buzz, you know, less than six months behind Stormy Island in the Rel Kielwa, five and a half behind Buzz in the Coral Hurdle. Decent-ish effort in the National Spirit when third there, seven lengths behind Botox has. You know, he's back in a handicap and he ran well in this race last season. Uh, I, I thought he was of, of interest and I also think he's the sort of horse who will be at his best over two and a half rather than two. I I just wish they hadn't run him in the National Spirit. I, I think he'd have been more interesting going there, a bit of a fresher horse. But then again, it, it's Nigel Tyson Davies. He likes to run his horses, so I can't really complain. I think he'd be, he's going to be interesting in the fences because at the start of the year, I wondered if they'd go chasing with him. And eventually they stuck out, out over hurdles because he obviously won over course and distance in October. Um, the track's no issue. Um, I just wonder if he's been busy enough. But I, I can see why they've been busy enough going picking up prize money because that's Nigel's way of doing things. So... Um, but I wouldn't put you off at 25s. I can see him definitely running his race anyway. 
Walter's wet Lewis tipping guard your dream for a race. Who'd have guessed? <laughs> but, but, could, could you not make a case, Jim, that what he's achieved this season would, would be above 145? Yeah, I, I agree. I think his handicap mark's lenient, but I think that's because he's, he's furiously being campaigned. Like, there's racing, like, last time out, I, I didn't, Adam mentioned it, I, I didn't see the need for it. I'd rather have gone there fresh, and that's, that's Nigel Tristan Davis's way of going, but, um, his win, in the international was very very good, um, beating song for someone which is graded form and, and probably weren't weren't a place outside the champion hurdle field really for English runners because there's there's not an awful lot going for it. Um, I'm just and we, pleased. I'm just pleased that he, Nigel didn't turn around and say we're going for the champion hurdle with him. Oh God, yeah, that, that, that could potentially ruin a horse like him because he's a horse that's better over further. I know, I know the internationals two one. But it's on the new course, and then you go yeah, back to the, yeah. the old course over a, a sharper two miles. Yeah, I'm, 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 if he does run here, I'd be glad. <laughs> yeah, the in the Coral Cup last year, when he finished seventh, he just got a little bit outpaced, and he's a horse that that improves with with, of course, Sam Twiston Davis's strong urgings, um, and. Uh, probably twenty fives is of interest, but I, I, he's, he's well enough exposed for me for a race like this. No, look, I thought, look, he's a 25 to 1 shot, but he was one who I kind of had a look at and I thought, right, that might be of some each way interest, especially when you get your extra places, because he's, he's an honest horse who tends to run his race and he's on a mark he should be competitive off over a C and D he's performed well at before. Uh, I was Ganapathy's biggest fan going into last year's festival. Uh, Willie Mullins doesn't know what day it is and they ran him in the wrong race. Uh, should have run in the Martin Pipe or in this. They ran him in the county instead when he never looked like a two-miler. Uh, back up to two and a half though was shaping really well when he came down late uh, behind Guy Abdul Manil in the grade one at Punchestown I reckon he'd have been second that day ahead of Ashdale Bob that form makes 145 potentially interesting look he's also in the Martin Pipe I think and this is his first run after a year off should he come back but he's a horse I was so keen on last season that I couldn't not mention him and there's another Willie Mullins horse that caught my eye at 33 to 1 first start in a handicap for Galois interesting only raced against their own sex you know went off quite well supported for the Mayor's Novice Hurdle last season ran down the field there then finished runner-up to Sky's narrow runner-up in the Grade 1 Mayor's Race at Fairy House. Soul run this season was well beaten at odds-on behind Martello Sky. Uh, did shape like she wasn't right, was was very keen and, and hung right. It, it just kind of, catch, kind of caught my eye as being one who is completely unexposed in this sort of event. I think the handicap is she's got one for two. To me, that's a pick a number out of the air, really, because she's a hard horse to get a grasp on what she's achieved. It's possible she could be better than that. She hinted at it once or twice last season, and 33 to 1 for the Mullins yard on a horse who we know has a fair enough level of ability on handicap debut was the other one that I looked at, and I thought, hmm, that's intriguing enough. Yeah, I think she'd be a lot more interesting in something like the, the the county that she's entered in. I think two miles will be suit her. A well-run two miles will, will suit her a lot more. Uh, I think the, her best form is over two miles. Um, but, yeah, certainly interesting in a handicap for the first time. Yeah, intriguing, mate. I mean, 
I, I think her best effort last year was over two and a half behind behind Sky Ace. And that, that form, I know Sky Ace hasn't done anything this season, but a couple of the ones in behind her no mugs. So she's she was another one who I just kind of kind of thought was was of a little bit of interest at a big price. Uh, good risk at all the main selection for me though, Jim. The devil's coachman if he goes here. And Adam, Queensbrook with a run. If not, drop the anchor. I like that. I like I like <laughs> I like all three there. To be fair, uh, on to the champion chase and very possibly the race of the festival. The long-awaited rematch between Shishkin and Willie Mullins as number two candidate for the race. Shaq uh, <coughs> and Portsoir, of course, back in Britain as well. They currently bet four to six Shishkin, fours Enegamine, nine to two Shaq and Portsoir, tens Nubinegro, twenties Envoir Len, put the kettle on and Fernambol Civil at 25s Grenatine, 33s Edith Energy and 40 to one. But then... Adam, I'll come to you first here with or against Shishkin. I'm with Shishkin. I I felt if there was a day that he was going to get beat, it was at Ascot by an Ergamine. And he defied a mistake on the far side that would stop many horses. And he, he got there, obviously, just in the dying strides. It was the race of the season. It was a brilliant spectacle. Uh I just think Cheltenham will suit him that little bit more than an Ergamine. And not, 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 I don't think that the track will be against an Ergamine. It's just this slight jumping out to the right, I think, might just be his undoing. And striding up the hill at Cheltenham. I mean, I had a slight reservation about Shishkin for the Arco last year. Um, the way he'd handled the track in the Supreme, it was just down to greenness and inexperience. But then in the article, he just proved me otherwise. And I, I sort of held back a bit on trying to champion him like I did Altior, like you would have done Sprint to Sacra. Um, he was exceptional in the article last year. Again, he's the same two-miler like Altior, but the difference with him is that I think you can put him into a race earlier than, say, like Altior in, in that first championship we began to struggle. I don't think necessarily Shishkin will struggle that much, but I could just see going down the hill, it might be two or three strides, and then click, it'll go. And I sound like Nicky Henderson saying that. Pick <laughs> um, Off he goes. And I, he'll just eat the hill. And, and that's the, the strong point for me with Shishkin is that it's the end of the race. And I think Inergamim will be his biggest threat. I don't care what William Mullins says about Shaq and Paul being a better horse than Inergamim. Um He just hasn't done it in England yet. For whatever reason why. I mean... The champion chase last year, they debated about tactics. Uh, Sandown, you could probably put a line for it, but at the end of the day, it, it, it niggles at the back of your mind with him. Um, Nube Negra, drier the better for him. His performance with Beat Politolog in the Schler was excellent, and then he proves that he needs to be fresh with a, an underwhelming display in the Tingle Creek. Envoir Allen. He won a grade one last time, but it's a grade one in name. What one of the worst grade ones you'll see? Um, he's just not the same horse, is he? I mean, you can. I mean, this time last year, anybody that questioned his novice chase form was sort of slated. How dare you question this wonder horse? But looking back on it, his form just doesn't stack up. Um, I'd, I'd struggle to see him placing a champion chase. Uh, Fernambul Sivilla's going the right way. I really like him as a horse, and I think he could go well at a price. 
And there's one other actually. What do we know where Eddie to the Geet is going? Is he going grand annual or is he running here? I thought I heard a couple of weeks ago that they were aiming him at the champion chase. Okay. I might be wrong. Well, yeah, he, he, I, well, he I, missed, I agree. I've heard that as well. He missed the game spirit, obviously. I, I know that was going to be his, his prep for Cheltenham anyway. The only, I mean, I think Eddie is a geek without, I'll say, outrun his odds. I think he'd run a big race for a long way, providing that the ground's decent. That's the one issue with him, that he doesn't want it soft. Um, I mean, as we saw last season, once he got decent ground in the spring, he just kept on progressing. Won at Aintree. I mean, he's won twice at Cheltenham, once at the November meeting and once at the December meeting. So it's, he's an interesting horse in that, I mean, it's a division that you've obviously got the top two that are really strong. Shacken I'd be quite shaky on, just back in England anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I'd expect Shishkin to continue Nicky Henderson's excellent running the champion chase. I don't disagree with you at all, mate. Jim? Anything to add, really, mate? He's, he's the English banker, and he's just going to win. He, he's, he'll beat all these. He's far superior to the others. And Ergamine had his chance last time, and he still couldn't do it. Chacon Forsois a big sulk when he comes to, to England. Nube um, Negre, everyone goes, was getting a little bit excited about him early season when he won the Schler. Um, but I, I'm not 100% sure how strong that form is, and he was found out in the Tingle Creek. I just don't think Nube Negre is as, as good as... Maybe it works out. I know we've seen him run nice races in, in the this race last year, and he was well beaten in the Champion Chase at Punchestown last year. But I'm, I'm, I just I'm not as big a fan as Nubay Negra as a few others. Uh, Adam mentioned Funambu Sivala, who I've been banging the drum for quite a while for the Champion Chase, and um, I was really really impressed with what he did with beating So Royal uh, in the game spirit. His jumping is really really good. He, he's so efficient and. Charlie Deutsch gets on well with these French recruits. Just the way that he rides almost lets them just pop over them, um, which which helps him get in that rhythm in front. And uh, and nothing really, he never really saw a rival. Uh, so I think Funambul Civile is of interest at twenties. Um, I'd rather have him than Shakon at nine to two. I think that's arguably one of the worst prices of the week um, for a horse that I've never really warmed to. Um, but Shishkin's, Shishkin's the, the one to beat and he's an absolute machine and hopefully he's going to romp up that hill and uh, and eat them alive. I don't disagree, mate. I, I will be a, a bit kinder to the to the Mullins horses. Energy, I mean, look, there was a length between them last time and she probably jumped more accurately than Shishkin and Ascot. You know, there, there is a possibility that if Shishkin makes a mistake at the wrong time and in early mean he's already ahead that he won't be able to peg back in time. He probably is a fair price at a best price of false. Uh but look it's it's very, very, very possible and there'll be worth far worse four to one shots in the week. I'm surprised he's only half a point short on the shock and possoir, even though I am a little bit of a shock and possoir apologist. Uh I don't think he'd been right on either. Either visit to Britain, really. If I'm honest, he should have won the race last year. I think you run that. What? You run that race ten times. I think Shackham probably wins it seven or eight of them. So I reckon Royal you wins that... it twice. And Grenatine wins it twice as well. Oh God! No, he sh- he he should have he should have won it. You know, he, he was short of room. 
tried to make his move and then just didn't quite get up off the hill after having expended far too much energy to get into that position in the first place. Physical problem in the Tingle Creek. I'm not as convinced it's a British problem other than other than uh, more than it being he's met problems the two times he's been in Britain. Personally. Well, if he gets battered again here, then it surely is. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be as a as certain on that as other people, to be fair. He still came third in a champion chase, so he can't hate travelling that much. He didn't you know, he wasn't his head hadn't utterly gone. So I think Shakun I think Shakun is a contender, though he will need to produce a vast career best to beat Shishkin, who is the greatest horse in training, the greatest horse of his generation, uh, and he'll be a deserved champion. Uh, nothing down the field I particularly like. Nubian Egra shouldn't be good enough to turn over any of the top three, even at Cheltenham, if they're all on the right game. Fernando Sigler, same, though he's going the right way. Au revoir, then I'd like to run in the Ryanair and uh, put the kettle and should be running in the mares race. Uh, Shishkin wins the champion chase. Glad we're all in agreement. Yeah. Certainly are. Is it? But before we finish the champion chase, isn't four to one that Enigamim a filthy each way bet? <laughs> oh, I like having my accounts open though. I know, yeah, but just do it in shop, you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a man who's dark, that's a man dark, who's been there, done it, and bought the dark sunglasses. Dark sunglasses, a mask on. They won't. Well, you, you know what kind of mask? Not not balaclava. <laughs> You're being safe with COVID, so you just put the mask on, sunglasses on, put the bet on, you'll be fine. Nobody will know who it is. <laughs> Change the handwriting in each shop. <laughs> that is some lovely scumbaggery that we must <laughs> all get involved with. Uh, moving on to something very different from the champion chase. It is the cross-country Tiger Roll, the 2-1 to favourite. To beat Delta Work at 11 to 2, Prengard at 6, as Easy's Land and Midnight Maestro attends as his shady operator. 12's Brahma Bull over the cross country fences, really. Uh, 14's Diesel Dallier, 16's Back on the Lash, and 20 to 1. But then, Jim, I'll come to you first here. I called Tiger Roll my lay of the meeting last year. Uh, what an exceptional judge. I don't, I think I'll be against him again. Are you with me in finding an alternative? Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm probably going to be struggling to, to find anything. Um, it's it's a, a race that's very much up in the air, and, uh, and I've absolutely no scooby-doo what's going to do what. The one that I did think was interesting was Prengard of, of Edna Bulgers. Um, had some nice victories in cross-country listed races at Compiègne, um, which my knowledge is, is very, very minimal, other than it's a listed race over the cross-country fences. Um was pretty much woeful in a two-mile novice hurdle, which was quite clearly never going to suit. But Mark Walsh had a spin on him, and, and I presume he would be the first choice for him in this race. Of course, with Ender Bulger's cross-country course in his back garden, uh, I'm sure he's been well-schooled over that. Uh, and obviously put him on target for this. And uh, There's nothing on his English form last time, uh, Irish form, sorry, last time, to think he'll, he's even got a chance. Um, but he stays very well. He jumps cross-country fences very well. And that's that's the only other angle I've got into this race. Uh, being purchased by J.P. McManus, 
and six to one is is short enough for a horse that I don't know an awful lot about, but it could look out to be a decent a decent price in the end. Delta works interesting over these fences. I, I don't think you'll enjoy it, but it, it'd be good to watch. Um, and Diesel Dallier is a horse who I followed quite a bit this season. He ran a very very nice race in that handicap uh, over the cross country fences in November. And then he did it. He beat Potter's Corner over the fences in December. Uh, he's been so consistent. He ran, he ran nice races uh, when winning that handicap in November back in 2019. Um, and he was fourth to Easy's Land behind uh, behind Easy's Land in, in 2020. So he's been there, done it, bought the t-shirt, and you sort of know what you're going to get with him. And I hope Richard Bandy has a, a good run for his French recruit in Diesel Dallier. But Prengard is. He's probably where I'll be deciding with. I'll be looking to take Tiger Roll on. Um, as many people will tell me that he stayed on strongly in that handicap over two mile four. He, he's a horse that I just cannot work out uh, going into this. And he'll probably hose up and uh, make us all look like mugs and we'll all love Tiger Roll again. But he's he's a horse that I I struggle to get a grasp on at two to one uh, in comparison to some less exposed uh, French recruits. Interesting, mate. Interesting. Adam, are you with the Tiger here? I am with the Tiger. Um, That handicap hurdle run, I took a lot of positives out of it. Um, Especially when leaving the back straight, actually, because there was a moment where I thought it was going to drop back and just spit the dummy out. And then all of a sudden he got interested and I thought, ooh, hello. And as he turned in for home, I thought, he's not going to do what he did in the Boyne hurdle all them years ago. And then he got tired, which I think he was entitled to do. It was effectively his first run of the season. We'll forget entry, because that was just a farce of a, a run. No point in turning up there. And whilst we're on that, the run in the bowl was... How how they didn't find him guilty for being a non-trier, I'll never know. And it's the, it's the worst case of a non-trier I'd seen in ages, and it was in the grade one chase. I... Oh, God. All to make a point at the English handicapper... I, Waste of time. You may as well have gone for the Irish National or run him in the run him in the beach of chase or something like that. Just to show that the hand, he's not as good as he was and the handicapper would drop you for entry. Anyway, rant over. We'll forget about that. Anyway, he'll win this. <laughs> Michael O'Leary will have a rant live on air. And what I think we should do, whoever's interviewing him, ITV or RTV, we just cut him off. It'd be perfect. Um, I do think Delta Work will be interesting in this sphere, by the way. He... I saw a bit of footage with him. He went round with Tiger Roll. Because um, obviously one of the qualifications for this race is that you have to go to Cheltenham and have a school round, obviously for safety purposes, so they know that you're going to jump up and down the banks. Which reminds me of a story, actually. Story time. Um, Nicky Henderson the other year took Vita the Rock, rest in peace, to Cheltenham because he ran in the cross country. And you know the bank in the middle of the course where you go up and then down it? Mm-hmm. Well, Vita the Rock... They went to school him, and he, get, he went up the bank the first time, jumped off it, great. Anyway, so we'll do it again. He jumped on top of the bank, got to the hedge, stood there for a good five minutes, wondering, what the hell do I do here? And then they had to try and get him off the bank because he wouldn't jump over the hedge. <laughs> and I, I, when I heard that story, I thought, if that happens in the real cross country, you're, you you could be in big trouble there. Especially if you do it the first time around. But luckily in the race, he was fine. Um <laughs> it's, it's just something that came to mind then when you think, yeah, you got to school. So all these horses, I mean, I think Edna Bolger's okay because obviously he's got his own 
configuration of a cross-country course. He's got all the Cheltenham-style fences. He has all the Irish banks, and all his horses are going to be well-schooled. Um, also, I saw a bit of footage of Easy's land schooling. I think he'll be happier now he's back over cross-country fences, but I think he probably won't testing ground to be really seen to best effect. I just ignore the hurdle runs. I mean, he, he's just not been competitive in them. And I would also, before I finish the cross-country, I'd like to wish the very best of luck to Mushur David Maxwell, who's got the ride on Mon Prestige. Um, yes. it, it could be a fun ride for the Max. And one of my wishes for this Cheltenham Festival, I'd love to see him ride a winner. Cat, yeah. if, he, if he produces Cat Tiger on the line in the Kimio, it'd be one of the greatest moments in the history of horse racing. But let's be realistic, it'd be more like Bob and Coburn in the Fox Hunters. But. Yeah, I, I think horse racing should then stop, and then that's it. <laughs> there is no more that it can do than David Maxwell win a Cheltenham Festival race. That's it. Just finish it there. Just or, it, or, it, that. or that he does the double and then wins over the national fences. Yeah. <laughs> wins the Grand National. If, if David Maxwell wins at the festival and wins the national, or over the national fences, that's it. I'm done with racing. Because <laughs> you don't have an horse in the national this season, so that would that would that would require someone purposefully booking yes. David yes. Maxwell. Yes, but I can just imagine Gordon Elliott and Michael O'Leary going right. So we've got twenty national runners in this year. Um, what? Which ones are we going to sell? Right. Um, I'm sure we can sell one to Mr. Maxwell. Back to <laughs> oh yeah, no way. <laughs> But, oh, honestly, no, I I I had a I had a, a horrible theory actually. You know when Sam well Sam Crow's not qualified for the Grand National, but before I realised he wasn't, I had this horrible idea that Michael O'Leary was just going to go. Well, he's not in the form he once was. He's not Jesus Christ. Let's sell him and see how much we make for him. And I expected a, an owner, someone like Mister Maxwell, to buy him. Maybe have a bit of fun with him. I don't know. It's a very very fair shout. I mean. Gordon was still saying the plan was to win him in the national. He's still not got an entry elsewhere to get him qualified. So yeah, so he's not, not realising really. he hasn't got long to get him qualified either. No, whether they're all just half asleep. Look, talking, moving. Back. To be fair, to be fair, we've got an hour in and we've only just talked about the national with two absolute national balls. Yay! Well, this is the only way yeah. you can really do it. So <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to weave away through the coral cup into the, way, the Grand National. By the way, the spoiler. Actually, we can weave the coral cup into the Grand National. What's up, boys? Won it in two thousand on one of the greatest Cheltenham finishes I've ever seen. Um, if you've not watched it on YouTube, please do because you'd, he isn't going to win it until fifty yards from the line. Um, have you have you lads seen the replay of that? I haven't. Oh, you you need to watch it. When we finish this, um, when we finish this show, I'm gonna. I want to hear your live reaction to it because you, you be you honestly you will be amazed. <laughs> I got so close to moving the conversation back to the cross country then. <laughs> oh, close. But that's not something that you want anyway. No, look, I I I I think I agree with Adam. I thought Tiger was shaped all right enough last time. But this this is probably a deeper and your Delta work is absolutely fascinating and I can actually see him going quite well here. But the one the one that just caught caught my eyes easy on shouldn't be ten, should I? You know, if if we were rating if we were rating these horses based on what they do elsewhere, Tiger or wouldn't be a two to on five. So why is Easy's land tens after you know, two runs over hurdles? last of which was over two and a half miles 
The handicap has plucked a number out of thin air for his hurdles, Mark. This is surely what it's been about all all season. He wants Tiger Hall in it two years ago. I know Tiger Hall was able to turn the tables last year, but we've not seen Easy's land in a proper race since. Uh, he's an outstanding price, isn't he? Ten to one's one that you it's, can't really shout at. It's just, it's just the uh, you, you just want that confidence to back it. This is the only little negative for me with Easy's land is the fact that he's not been a hundred percent since he won the cross country two years ago. That's the only little thing that niggles me. And it could just be that that cross-country one where he beat Tiger Roll, that was his career best, his pinnacle. Because you remember the old adage with French breads is that they peaked at six and the seven and then they regressed. But that, it has changed a lot in the last 20 years. Um, <laughs> unless no, Francois Dumont trained them and he was, oh, he was a genius with old Francois. Um <laughs> No, that that that's a fair shout, a fair shout. Of the others, say Prengard is is interesting and he looked very good. Uh, when I seen the videos of him winning in France, Midnight Maestro and Shady Operator Bank Specialist very closely matched on their last meeting for Ender Borger. I think they probably need to step up to win this though. Bramable, classy operator on uh, park courses, but he's always been a fiddly jumper, hasn't he? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really see him taking to it, and those further down the betting are the, are the likes of Diesel Dalia, who regulars in these sort of races, but generally opposable for win purposes. Or Diesel Dalia might might get placed. That's not the silliest, silliest shout in the world. But Easy's Land is probably the the bet for me at this stage. Tiger for you, Adam. Yep. Off and into Jim- the sunset he goes. Uh. And remind me, Jim Prengard? Prengard for me. It felt like we talked about that race for about half an hour. Uh, <laughs> moving on then to the grand annual proper race, this two-mile two handicap, one of my favourite races of the festival. And they currently bet sevens Buddy Rich, eights Brave Siesca, eights Ciel Denier, tens Amarillo Sky, guess where Watson's going, 10's Curse of Bleem, 14's Andy Dufresne, Time White, Sky Pirate, Ferrero Bamboo and Embittered. Uh, 16 to 1, bar all them. Uh, I'll let you have a crack at this first, Adam, mate. Who are you keenest on in the Grand Annual? Oh, this for me is a really good renewal of the Grand Annual. I'm looking forward to this. This is On the Wednesday, I think this is the race, bar the champion chase, I'm most looking forward to because I actually have a strong view on it. Um, there are two uh, double-figure prices that I will be backing. Um, last year's winner, Sky Pirate, who I think has been running really well this season. He's just shy of graded class, but his handicap mark is fine for a race like this. He's only £4 higher than when he won it 12 months ago. Um, he returned at Cheltenham with a very commendable effort. Ran well behind Shishkin at Kempton. Then behind Brave Siaska, who he meets now on better terms. And he wasn't disgraced at Newbury either. It's just that you felt that he was he's coming to run in this race. And refreshingly, he's been campaigned honestly as well. It's not as if he's been out the back on all his runs and getting that handicap mark down. But they've been rewarded by losing £3 throughout the season. So I can't discount him off top weight. And the horse that was behind him at Kempton when Shishkin ran was before midnight. And he's got form with Fernando Civiler. He's been really progressive this season, has improved a tremendous amount since leaving Nicky Henderson. 
He won at the track in October. His jumping was magnificent that day. I know he's £12 higher now, but I still think there's a, a potentially a bigger performance to come from him. And a double-figure price is there the two I'd be most keen on. And if I had to have a marginal preference... I probably, if you put a gun to me and said one, I'd probably say before midnight, but it'd be it'd be very tentative. I can't split the pair of them. Both are really, really interesting. Fair enough, mate. Do you know what? Sky Pirates on my shortlist as well. I, I, I think you'll go very well again. Uh, Jim, talk about Amarillo Sky for a bit, please. Well, you you have to see that he's got an obvious chance here, and and. Lewis, is a, I know you're a massive fan for last season for the Milkwood form in, in the Welsh Champion Hurdle, but that Welsh Champion Hurdle's turned out to be, I, I know this is a chase, but uh, early on in the season he's turned out to be all right. Glory and Fortune went on to win that race, uh, and he has subsequently gone on to win the Betfair. And you look at uh, Don Levant, who went and won the fixed brush. He was in second. Cormier's won the Cheltenham Handicap and, and the Moor Battle last weekend. Amarillo Sky has done nothing but progress over fences so far this season. Um, we saw him with a, with a safe round of jumping at Chepstow, but then uh, he knew his job uh, when looking slightly green at Wincanton in front. And he was always uh, pu- pulling away from Time White and, and uh, Golden Taipan. He then was second to Brave Siska, who we saw run an excellent race um, behind Edward Stone in, in the Kingmaker and behind third time Lucky. And he'll also face him here. Um, he also beat Sky Pirate, which has been mentioned already. Um, he was going awfully well in that in that race at Newbury when uh, hitting uh, the, the the second from home. Uh, he, his jumping wasn't necessarily perfect that day, uh, but he soon come back to form last time, jumping effortlessly at Newbury, beating Shake Em Up Happy, uh, at Harry and Go A Lil. I, I thought that was a really, really impressive performance. The handicappers put him up eight for that. They put him up three for uh, his fall at Newbury because he was streets ahead of them. I think the form of that Ascot race has turned out to be really, really good. Um, Carl Philippe in behind as well. Uh, Tom White was unseating a red rookie who uh, could also run a nice race in this at a bigger price. Um, but at 10 to 1, I think he offers a lot of value for uh, a horse that's certainly on the upgrade. Only a six-year-old with a, with a lot more progression to come. And I think he has got a very, very good chance. Um, and, and arguably one of my main fancies of all the handi- in all the handicaps of the week. Um, but it's a very, very competitive race that's been mentioned already. Um, a few rivals that, have, that I've mentioned uh, face each other again in, the, in Brave Seasco and, um, and Time White. Uh, Red Rookie as well at a bigger price. I was really impressed with uh, how he jumped last time at Hereford. Uh, Hereford uh, beat Galice Macarlo and, and Calico, who uh, are no mugs in their own right. And, and uh, I think that there's, there's still a bit of juice off his mark off 138 uh, at a slightly bigger price. And, and there's been a fair amount of support for Andy Dufresne in the last couple of days. Um, we saw how good he was uh, winning novice chases last year. He won a grade three at Navan. Uh, and he was behind Monkfish at Leopardstown uh, into a handicap here. We certainly have interest for a horse that we possibly haven't seen the best of over fences just yet. Um, he's also entered in the plate um, over a slight bit further, which I, I think I'd rather see him in the plate. But if he is to go here, which from reading between the lines in the last couple of days he, he is, it's going to be a, a, a competitive race. And, and like Adam said, one of the... One of the races of, of the day on the Wednesday, and uh, there's a lot of nice horses in it. But uh, as Amarillo Sky crosses the line, I will be doing my best Peter K impression 
uh, uh, and singing Amarillo and uh, hopefully don't have Jimmy Savile behind me. <laughs> oh God! I'm not. I'm not quite sure how to follow that, Jim. Well, um, oh, it, what a music it, video! That, that that can be our selling point. We'll say we're the only, the only. <laughs> There's no other Cheltenham preview now. To reference mass sex offenders. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure the couch Mark Win Stanley, if he's doing any Cheltenham previews, I'm sure he will. <laughs> yeah, but time form uh, not time form. Um price wise is definitely not time form Price wise has tipped up Amarillo Sky, so the price is slightly gone now. I, as as, I mean, you could have somebody better behind you. I don't know, Mr. Blobby, maybe? He was in the video. Um, or just just get Rich Richie to borrow, borrow his yeah, colours. Yeah, there you go, borrow his colours. Yeah, that's a great idea. Mr. Blobby. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone who, who could be Ronnie Torbett, but... Um, oh, I could be oh, here a long time. But Mickey let's Henderson? move on. We're on a tangent. <laughs> We're on a tangent here. Do, do you remember last year when I thought it was controversial to call Sky Pirate a bastard? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we all thought it. We all did think, but it turned out he just didn't stay. God bless him. He was trying his best. Who no, knew? <laughs> no, it was it was it was brilliant. And look, I've got a, quite a long shortlist here. Uh, I've 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 already backed small stakes on the pair of them, Amarillo Sky and Brave Sheska. Back them both a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Jim's outlined the case for Amarillo Sky. I don't disagree with anything that he's said. Still, with the potential for more to come off a mark of one four three, Brave Siaska just massively progressive this season. No shame in finishing a close enough third in the Kingmaker last time out. His mark of one four six is potentially workable off that back in handicap company. Yeah, you know, I'll say he's beaten Sky Pirate and Amorillo Sky already this season. The other ones I would like to mention, massive Corsa Bleem fan. I uh, think he'd probably have an each-way chance in the Arkle. Uh, given how good he was as a hurdler and the fact that he's done not a thing wrong over fences so far, one five one could be more than a fair mark for him to go well here. He's the best price of 10s. And slightly further down the betting as well, the other one who caught my eye at twenties was Il Ridotto of Paul Nichols as the five year old. You know, was a was a, a real hype horse, you know, went off sixes for the for the Henry the Eighth after he bolted up in a handicap at Newbury. I thought he ran an alright enough race on really bad ground when third behind Warlord on the Lingfield Winter Million card. I, I wouldn't uh, disagree like, with you. I, I, he, he, I wouldn't discount Il Ridotto because I don't think he wanted to make his own running that day. And as we saw at Newbury, when encountering a strong pace, he he was pretty deadly that day. And I can, you could put a line straight through the Henry VIII. He's another one that would interest me at, at a price. Yeah, I, I, I won't, I won't, I look, I can't argue with that. At all, I think he'll. I think he'll go very well. He looked capable. He well, he he's rated one four three. He looked at least a one four three horse when he won at Newbury. And he's just not really had circumstances conducive to bettering that 
on his last two occasions. This will suit him better, and it, it wouldn't shock me if he got quickly back on track. I'm surprised at that he's 20 to 1, because I say he was very quickly a horse everyone had down as going places after two runs, both of which, one of which wasn't that bad, and the other one was very excusable, having been turned out very quickly and thrown straight into a grade one. I don't understand what anyone what anyone read from that. I'd excuse any horse that sort of run turning up uh, in the deepest race of their lives, only, what, a week after winning. <laughs> you know, cop onto yourself if you're gonna if you're going to slate him for that. Uh, and I thought he ran all right against a good horse in Warlord last time as well. He, you know, he's he's no mug. We didn't mention him in the article preview yesterday. I think that's where he's likely to turn up. But he's had a cracking season, and he's uh, he's placing that Grade One. Uh, so again, close enough, closely enough matched with him, despite circumstances not being in Hillary Dotto's favour. The more I talk about it, the more I think he's a better twenties. He's a big player. If I do a place pot, he'll probably go in. Because come the- on. As the way the way he'll be ridden here, you can drop him in, and in, I know that in the Grand Annual, especially on the new course, it paid to be held up because they went a million. I don't think Sky Pirate came in the back last year, even on the old course. But it's a race where it's it's the fastest race of the year, essentially for jumpers anyway over fences because they go faster in this race. The first fence to the Arkle or the Champion Chase It's just a mad dash. Do you, um, do you feel like Il Ridotto could be a bit of a grenadine? Yeah, he could be. I just that I just feel that the the, the Newbury saw him to best effect, and I know Warlord's beaten him twice. He beat him at Newton Abbott. But I felt Newton Abbott. He just needed that first run. Um, and as I said with Lingfield, just making his own running, I just felt that he was sort of a bit leery throughout the race, and he wanted something to chase just to keep his mind on the job, basically. So he's, I would not discount him at all. Fair enough, mate. I like that. I like that. Uh, look, as I said, I've got a shortlist of five there. Uh, but I think they're all five very well handicapped horses who will be able to compete in, in this. Ilby Doto may be the one at the price is possibly of most interest, though. I've already, as I said, already backed Brave Siaska and Amarillo Sky. Uh, Jim, you're clearly with Amarillo Sky? Yeah, and I'm happy with my 16 to 1. And. The Sky Pirate to do the double for you, mate, Adam? Yeah. Him and him and Before Midnight, I'll put them together. And I, But if Amarillo Sky wins, I'm looking forward to the new music video. <laughs> <laughs> that is something that has to be created. <laughs> Not with him, though. Not, of course, of course, of course. Just find KJ at the Star Sports thing in Cheltenham and he'll do it. Um, <laughs> hi, KJ. Um... <laughs> Get Ben Key, there you go. Get Ben Key to, to join in. There you go. Well, we've started if something now. If had lawyers, I'd be... Uh, I'd be... We need to be getting on to... Three different phone conversations right now in background. We need, uh, to, be on to, we need to be on to Tony Christie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly. Champion bumper time, boys. Uh, good races here. Facil Vega. 11 to 10, 5 to be American Mike at 5 to 2, Redemption Day 6s, Mercury, James's Gate 12s, Howard Jester, Mullenbeg 20s, 25 to 1. But then, Jimmy, you're with or against Facile Vega? I'm with, I think he's one of the bankers of the meeting. I, I was very, very impressed with uh, 
his, his manner of his victory at Leopardstown last time out, almost shades of Kilcrook, just uh, just a, a slight bit younger, of course, with the parents like that, you'd expect him to be that special, but that doesn't necessarily mean everything. He was really good first time out, being Joao Machen, uh, who went on to win a Navin uh, bumper, finding a fair amount of trouble and still getting home. Um, and last time, used to, I just travelled with Supremes, uh, cantered into the race and and just took off and won very, very comfortably. Sander Clegan hasn't done anything for the form, but Music Drive uh, is no mug that, that beat him that day, second to Redemption Day, who uh, is another one from the William Williams yard who who turns up here. And there's been a lot of talk from about Redemption Day this week. And, and was it Jamie Codd saying that, um, that uh, Patrick Mullins likes Redemption Day more than Fasar Vega? Um, and there's a fair amount of price comparison, but on the track so far, uh, I have been very, very impressed with Fasar Vega, and, and I think uh, I think he's going to be a star. And 11 to 10 is a price that I think is is a fair representation of that. Um, American Mike has been good, but I'm just not quite warm to him just yet. Um, and Mercury was very, very good last time. I think Willie Mullins will probably win this race, um, but. The best of the English is probably going to be our Jester. Milton Harris won't be running Mullenbeck, I don't think. Um, but William Mullins has a very strong hand in this. And, uh, and I think Fasal Vega deserves to be at the head of the market and, and could be something special. Fair enough, bud. Fair enough, yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard race to have a massive opinion on because American Mike, you know... I guess the long-term hype horse for this looked flawless in winning his starts uh, early in the season. Fasil Vegelo traded a remarkable impression, impression at the Dublin Racing Festival. I, I kind of feel like at the prices, American Mike must be the bet, but Fasil Vega might be on that has to go in a couple of multiples, if you get me, Adam. Yeah, I can see what you mean by that, sticking him in the multiples. I personally would like to take a chance in this race and feel that the visual impression that Redemption Day gave on debut, I think best price, fives, 11 to two, nine, five to one. I think that's a very fair price to take a chance because he was wildly impressive at Leopardstown. The runner-up, who's also entered the champion bumper music drivers, James uh, Frank the Form, there was just something about Redemption Day on debut. It, obviously, it, it's very rare for Patrick Mullins to not push one out in a bumper. Normally, they like to find out what they've got. But with him, it was sort of, they knew what they already had. And they just didn't want to fully press the button because they were probably thinking, right, we know what we've got. We'll see, we'll use it on another day. And that other day will be in the bumper here next week. So... I'm very, very excited to see what Redemption Day can do. But and that's nothing against Fasal Vega or American Mike, by the way. I think both of them have shown a real high level of form. Both of them are fascinating pedigrees, of course. Fasal Vega out of Crivega. American Mike out of American Jenny. And let's get another Grand National reference in. Not the English Grand National, but the Irish National, because she was placed twice in that in the 2000s. So... As you can probably imagine, American Mike's future is not going to be over two miles. And that's the way he's been winning his races. He's been winning like a stayer. I just wonder if the likes of Fasal Vega and Redemption Day may just have too much boot for him. 
Yeah, more than fair, I think. And um, uh, Fasal Vega will possibly have that speed. American Mike will be flying home later on. Um, James's Gate's a horse that we haven't really given an awful lot of a mention to. Um, I, I thought he was very professional in what he did at Punchestown. He dictated and he just stretched clear of the rivals. The forming behind isn't anything special. Um, but I, I think James's Gate's not a too bad a horse either. Like, like I said, you, you've got a fair amount of, of, of Willie Mullins firepower in behind. Uh, you look at Madman's Game, who um, looked like he wasn't a fan of two miles around Navin oh. at all and, and wanted a serious step up in trip. He's in here uh, at bigger prices. Um, but like I said, I think Fasal Vega is, is an exception possibly and um, I think he's, he's very, very special. Yeah, I wouldn't back Fasil Vega at odds on just because he's had he's had opportunity to produce a performance like that. Redemption Day's debut was ridiculous. Patrick was taking a pull outside the furlong pole. Like that that shouldn't be happening at, at any level. Uh he was you know, he was keen enough all the all the way travelled and Patrick was still you know holding him as he crossed the line daft effort on debut you know say he's he's out of a uh, a full sister to Cheltenian so the champion bumper is in the pedigree uh, American Mike I'd agree likely likely to be doing best work at the finish sort of horse who will probably be running in a, in a Ballymore next season don't think he'll be a supreme type but yeah, he's got a turn of foot. He does have a turn of foot, and he's he's clearly a nice horse. I think Mercury is a little bit of a longer term prospect. Similarly with James's Gate, Mullins has the stranglehold on this. It's pretty much him versus American Mike. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what sort of price Fasil Vega goes goes off at. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't currently back him. Uh, you know, he's best price shade over even money, but he's generally odds on. Uh, to me, that that's because of that's as much because of the opportunity he's had, as well as the impression he's created as brilliant as it has been. I don't think would you know could you have could you stake your life on Redemption Day not having also done something as quite as impressive. Uh, that being said, he might go in a scumbaggy multiple or two. As, as I've said, I'd, I probably would rather back American Mike than him if I was just betting to win currently at the prices. Uh, but I kind of agree with Adam Redemption Day. I could actually. He could just have too many gears for these. That's the way I've, I, I could envisage it happening as well. My who's, next pa- season, who's Patrick going to ride? Is he going to ride Fasil Vega? I think he'll ride Fasil Vega and then Paul Townend will ride Redemption Day. And then as soon as Redemption Day goes by him, he'll be thinking, oh, bloody hell. But then again, they I know that they think a lot of Mercury as well. And and James, I was impressed by James's gait as well. So Mullins, oh, Mullins has just got an embarrassment of riches. And I'm sure there's about another 10 or 20 bumper horses that we've not seen yet there <laughs> to come out over the next two months. He's got, oh, he's got that unraised Richie horse as well. That's Another uh, one? A Holland Batoke that's in the champion bumper yes, as well. Yes, that's um, he's made his debut yet, yeah. I, th- I think that pronunciation is, is somewhere along that line. Who, 
Oolong Battle de Chez, something like that, I don't know. Uh, Del Boy could have a go at that. <laughs> so, it, it, fascinating race. I'm sure we won't butcher it, but I'm, I'm sure Mullins might go close in this. That's everything for the Wednesday of the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, nap time, I think, and I'll start with Mr James Watson, please. Your nap, next my, best, and best bet. My best, nap. Third best. Sorry, oh. fuck's sake. Oh. Nap, nap, your nap and your best bet, please. <laughs> my nap uh, of the Wednesdays, Amarillo Sky in the Grand Annual. Uh, my next best will be Fasal Vega in the Champion Bumper. And my third best will be Ahoy Senor uh, in the Brown Advisory. If James Watson ever tries to give me stick for tipping favourites again, let me just put that he is next bested at odds on Hart Willie Mullins horse in a bumper. Well, um, there's a first time for everything. Horrible, horrible stuff. Mr Adam Webb, please. On that redemption day in the bumper, next best I'll have before midnight each way in the grand annual. And my third best would be, we'll go with Tiger Roll in the cross country. Ooh. Uh, just just because some of those earlier on in the day are a bit more ropey and it all depends what turns up and what doesn't turn up. So I'd rather go with definites rather than guessing. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. I like so much in the Grand Annual that I find it hard to put anything forward in that myself. I probably don't have a strong enough opinion in the cross El Rigoto. Or the <laughs> champion bumper. No, if I put him in the comp, if I put him in the comp, Brave Saskia or Amarillo Sky will win. Uh, oh, why don't oh, why don't you do your nappers one? The next best is another, and the third best is another. <laughs> <laughs> You're covering all bases there. You're that, that's a Lewis Tomlinson scumbag treble. Yes. Yeah, but I'll have a I'll have a what's it called? I'll have a trifecta for my nap cup. No, I'm going to nap. Good risk at all to win the Coral Cup. Uh, just got so much ahead of his mark. This is the horse going the right way. Uh, he'll win the Coral Cup. The next best for me will be an each-way swing at Minella Kakuna in the Ballymore Novices Hurdle. He may well end up being a win price on the day, but currently, given that a lot of those above him in the betting are likely to go elsewhere, I think he's a cracking each-way bet. Even at a single-figure price, find it hard to knock him out of the frame. And the third best, if Jim can have Fasal Vega, I'm going to have Shishkin. Uh, <laughs> odds on. I'll just go and win odds on. Odds on, at least find odds against. You get 11 to 10. Look, uh, it's it's either that or put something up in the Festival Novices Chase, and I don't have a strong enough opinion in that. Uh, so the three horses I'd, I'd really like as betting propositions are the three I've put up. Fair enough. Barry Boring strikes again. Uh, <laughs> well, well, thanks for being here, mate. It's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to do it. Your main fancies for the rest of the festival? Um, I absolutely adore Constitution Hill. Yes. In the Supreme. I, I, I know he lacks experience, but he is. It, when you see something like he has produced on both his starts, he looks star material already, and that doesn't worry me. He's such a laid-back character. A lot of Nicky Henderson horses that running the Supreme are, are quite nervy types that can race keenly. He's not shown any of that. He, he, as he said, he's the most laid-back horse he's probably ever trained. And that's perfect. He's a push-button ride. I, I adore him. Yeah. Um, 
Grumpy Charlie of the Ground Soft and the Ultima I'd be interested in. Uh, I will air an opinion on here, and it may get egg on my face, but I can't see Epitomp finishing in the first three in the Champion Hurdle. I think it's a much stronger... I think it's a stronger race of Champion Hurdle than last year, and I'd be disappointed if Appreciate It and the five-year-olds couldn't finish in front of her. Um, what else is there on the Tuesday? Um... Uh, Mayor's Hurdle tell me something, girl. We've we've done Wednesday. Thursday, nap of the week side of the Berlay and the Potemps. Mel Friend is back in that. Oh, honestly, he is ridiculously well handicapped. Off one five six. I mean, if Rob James is going to take seven off, it's like he's going to be running loose. He's got the best piece of form in the race by a clear mile, which is his second in the Sayers Hurdle last year. And then arguably, his win where he beat the storyteller in the attempts two years ago, that would have been good enough to win that year's Stayers Hurdle. I think he'd have beaten Liz Nagarovsk already running it. Um, elsewhere on the Thursday, I think Dino Blue has an excellent chance in the Mayor's Novice. I was blown away by her debut at Clonmel. That very rare you see horses do that on heavy ground there anyway. Um, so JP will hopefully have a good Thursday. Um, if Galapander Shonks turns up in the tournament, I think he will beat Bob Ollinger. On the Friday, uh, Triumph Hurdle, no, I think it's a good race, but I don't have a strong enough opinion on it. Um, slip of the tongue in the county hurdle, I think it's really interesting. The ride last time when he won the listed race, it was don't win by far, so he bungled the last and still held on from deploy the getaway. Uh, I think 141 is a very attractive mark. Uh, Albert Bartlett, Manella Crooner. Lots to like about him. He's got the right profile for the race. The Gold Cup. I like Tornado Flyer. I think he'll stay the trip. Because uh, a lot of people have doubts whether he'll get home. I think he'll be fine. For me in the Ryanair, he was flat to the balls last year. And in the Gold Cup, he can just that half a stride slower. He can get into a rhythm. And I can see him being a big threat. Um, the Fox Hunters, if David Maxwell can win it, fantastic. Uh, and the Martin Pipe, I'm a big fan of State Man. Um, I think he'll turn up here. The price is long gone, but I think he could be very smart. I, 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 funnily enough, when we were in the first lockdown two years ago, I actually stuck him in my tracker, having watched him when he was second to Bustleton over hurdles in France. And when he re-emerged in my tracker, I thought, oh, where's he gone? William Mullins Donnelly's. Ooh, there we go. So I must have been a, must have been a good eye for once watching one. But they, they'd be the ones for the rest of the week. Side the Burley is my is is the nap of the week for me. I'm really keen on him. Well, that's absolute music to Lewis's ears. Oh, I I, I just when I saw his handicap mark and I, I I his Warwick run was perfect. It was the exact same as twelve months ago. Uh, twelve months ago, um, two years ago when he ran in the Warwick race, um. And I didn't fancy him as much the second time. I just thought he had a stiffer task. But he won easier than he did the first time. Uh, the first time, he, heart palpitations going to last. I thought he wasn't going to win. But I I, I mean, there might be one or two in the potential. There might be better handicapped than him. But he's going to be thereabouts. I, I just can't see him out the frame, at least. Um, I mean, the, the, the dangers would be something like Sporting John, maybe, if he turned up here, or Winter Fog. There's been a lot of talk about winter fog but i'd rather go with something that's proven and has got a level of form that nothing else in this field can match so i know he's a 10 year old as well that could be a slight negative but i'm not bothered by that and 
I'm amazed. Eight to one is just a, a really knocking bet for me. I'm, I'm really keen on sighting up early. Yeah, I promise I've not just copied Adam's working out if you listen to the <laughs> Thursday preview. Uh, a lot of very similar things I'll probably end up saying. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Thanks to Jim and Adam for showing up. Uh, thanks to everyone for their continued support. Two days left to go. We'll have another episode out soon. Take care. See you soon. Stay safe. Bye.